Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 448, the last day of August 2020. Mm-hmm. It was 94 degrees on this date on two occasions, 1898 and 1907, and as chilly as 40 degrees in 1974. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Been a rough morning, boys. Rough morning, so what, the rain? I uh, went to print, and all that came out was a blank sheet of paper, and I went, oh, nuts, I need a new ink cartridge, and this is going to eat into my prep time. But I race up to, uh, in my new Fiat, by the way, I'll tell you more about that later. I race up to Kinko on Snelling and Grand. They're out of black. How can you be out of black ink cartridge? One job, Kinko's. You got one job. Keep a black ink cartridge in stock. I didn't have time to go to anywhere else. Uh, so I came back here, and so now everything I talk about today, I, I will be doing so off my computer screen. Oh, that'll be fun. Which is not fun, because I love uh, printed pieces of paper that have what I wish to discuss. So and just that, a caveat, folks, uh, listen to him squinting in the next uh, hour or so, okay? <laughs> in fact, I got an email from a guy who said, you guys have got to stop these external noises. And I guess I'm as guilty as anyone. People could hear me fooling with my headphones. And- right, right. But here's what I here's my stock answer to a lot of this, and I get it. But we're trying to do a show in which five people are operating in five different areas. It's 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 not as easy as fix the audio. So I, I get it. Sometimes it can be a little frustrating, but it's it's not that easy. Uh, Tim provides today's state fair animal question oh. uh, that might stump the entire staff, even farm boy Kenny. Hmm. Scientists in Africa have begun to paint eyes on the butts of cows. Why are they doing this? Eyes on the butts of cows. I have no idea, but that's eyes awesome. On the it butts? just sounds like fun. Because they call Rookie and I a horse's... No, wait. That's they a they are doing cow. this to protect the cattle from predators like lions. The idea is that the intimidating eyes will trick the lions into thinking they've been spotted, ding, ding. causing them to abandon the hunt. In nature, being seen often deters predation. For example... Patterns resembling eyes on butterfly wings are known to deter birds. In India, woodcutters in the forest have long worn masks on the back of their heads to ward off man-eating tigers. I'm predicting, Tim writes, this innovation will lead to a new state fair competition, cow butt painting, by creative 4-H kids in the cattle barn to be judged by animal wrangler Doris Mould. There you go. But don't boom, boom. I got you. See, that's off the computer. Right I, don't there. Any, I don't have any paper. You read right that now. right off the computer. Yeah. There, so yeah. wouldn't the lion just look at the guy and say, how come that guy's walking backwards? Right. Mm-hmm. What's Why going did, on here? Why is the cow pooping out of its mouth? <laughs> Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. you. It is with deep sadness that I must inform you about a crisis that has struck my home. A request from the CP that no GLer would ever wish upon any man. No, she didn't ask for a divorce. Much worse. She requested that she start cutting the grass. Here's uh, Here's some brief background that I think is pertinent before I ask for your official ruling. I'm a longtime listener to the show. The problem is, so was my wife. 
Heck, I even bought her the heavily sought-after Garage Logic book, a companion guide to life in the radio town, four years ago as one of her birthday presents. That's why this cuts so deeply. She is perfectly aware that she is FFLFing me, but she insists that she take part in grass cutting anyway because it looks fun. I'm at a loss and desperately ask for your mayoral ruling. Do I hand it over completely and relinquish the duty altogether with my dignity along with it? Do we negotiate and split the chore 50-50? Or do I stand my ground and keep the status quo, proclaiming that lawn cutting is inherently a man's job which shall not be infringed upon? It has been agreed upon by both parties that your official ruling will be observed in our household. I am grateful for a mayor who I can rely on to bear such a heavy burden of decision-making here in Gumption County. I look forward to your wisdom in the matter, your faithful GLer Phil. Boy, it's not easy being the mayor, is it? Mm-mm. Well, there's a couple things he left out, Such Number one, how big is the lawn? And number two, what is the lawnmower? Yeah, I mean, is it a rider? A zero t- if it's a zero-turn lawnmower, those things are flat out a blast. Yep. They're a l- it's a lot of fun mowing the lawn. I'm so more for tech. I, I would, uh, before you make your ruling, I would just weigh in with if it's a big yard and if it is, in fact, a zero-turn mower, she needs to buy, uh, he needs to buy her her own. Both of you do it. That's well, should I, should I, re- this is from uh, uh, Phil Wadsworth. Should we request that Phil provide us more information yes. prior to a ruling? Yes. and in- Obviously, he'll hear this as he listens to today's podcast. But including in what should be considered is the fact, does she care about the look or is she just cutting grass? You know how a 12-year-old kid will just cut the grass, won't worry about uh, going zigzag, you know, the next week to make the lines look good. And if they're yeah. just there to cut the grass, that that's yeah. a negative. Country club. That's what I need. I need a country club look to it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a golf course. Right. Well, what, initially, I was going to rule uh, in her favor for this reason. I see more and more women cutting the grass. Uh, maybe they, wrong it, yeah, No, and she said she enjoys it. She thinks it's fun. So now we need more information from, from him, though. They're, especially the strugglers. You know when yeah. they struggle, those gals? They're cutting the grass, the 95 degrees. Say, we got a touch base. On. Yeah. We don't know anything about that, Rook. Jeez, Matthew. We, uh, Eric Mishy has launched, and it's already been an adventure. This is the uh, effort to uh, raise money for Spare Key. Yes. We have to talk to him this week. He already has a leaky pontoon. <laughs> A brutal trip across Lake Pepin. Two motors crapped out. He's been towed. And then he had to figure out how to fix the motors, pump the tube, and go through two locks and dams. What the hell am I doing out here, he said. Let me know if you have time this week for me to call in and share my adventures. I am in Wabasha tonight uh, at Parkside Marina after what seemed like hell on the water yesterday. There's not enough scotch in the world, Michi. Yeah, uh, uh, let's have him on this week, obviously, to see how he's doing. I thought you were going to say he's down in St. Louis, and uh, and and then it conked out. But no. he made it through Pep, and that's about it, huh? Mm-hmm. Can we Poor get guy. him a new pontoon? Well, it sounds like it's well. We'll ask him. We'll ask him what the situation is. Maybe he's maybe he's repaired it. I know where that leak it. is too. It's on the bracket that attaches the pontoons to the deck, and they always crack in the back. I had to fix both sides of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy that fixed it said, this is all I do, is uh, weld up these cracks. Mm. The president intends to visit Kenosha, Wisconsin tomorrow. Oh, boy. And that's going to go. The governor of the state is begging him to not do that, but he's doubling down and saying he will. 
seems to me that Trump can't win on this situation. If he if he ignores these national tragedies, people find him even more cruel. Right. And, but then if he wants to show up, they say you're nothing but a rabble-rouser and a troublemaker, so stay away. He's really in a no-win situation here. I'm trying to get in his mind. Um, he wants to win Wisconsin, so it's political. Um, and that, maybe, that state's in play for him, yep. And maybe this is just, maybe this is he's inching his way because he didn't come to Minnesota to see the uh, the Floyd Memorial. That would have been way too heavy. I would, I agree with that choice. Kenosha, I think he needs to start appearing in these at these places with limited time. Don't say anything stupid. Be humble. Huh. Keep your head down. Well, it's uh, I know, I know. Good luck to you. But he's got to take baby his, steps. His mere presence alone, even if it's contained to the airport, is going to just cause a, a dramatic increase in violence? Well, here's an interesting note about what's been taking place in Kenosha. At least 175 people have been arrested during the recent unrest in Kenosha, with 102 of the 175 having addresses outside the city, according to numbers released by the police on Sunday. The arrests were related to protests that have occurred every night and have sometimes turned into destructive rioting following the shooting of Jacob Blake on August 23rd. Kenosha police said in a media release that the arrests were from people located in 44 cities, although the authorities did not elaborate which states they came from. A total of 69 people were arrested for curfew violations. Uh, 34 were arrested for violating curfew. The charges range from carrying concealed weapons, burglary, and possession of controlled substances, police said. More than 20 firearms were seized. At least three vehicles were towed, and all were related to active criminal investigations. Kenosha police had arrested nine people traveling in vehicles without a state plates last Wednesday on suspicion of criminal conduct. Inside those vehicles, officers found fireworks, helmets, gas masks, protective vests, and suspected controlled substances. Suspecting that the occupants of these vehicles were preparing for criminal activity related to the civil unrest, officers attempted to make contact and investigate, according to the police. The recent numbers were released in Kenosha County on Sunday as Kenosha County on Sunday extended its state of emergency curfew until 7 a.m. Wednesday in anticipation of more protests. Uh, It sounds to me like we have a growing legion of uh, young white people who are uh, relishing these opportunities to go raise hell. Well, let's keep busting them. Let's keep uh, confiscating and seizing all the crap that they have in their trunk and... Maybe it'll be a deterrent. I think that's a huge score. Yeah, and then when they get arrested, Kamala Harris will break them out. That's well, great. that's true. Yeah, they're only going to be in there for a while, but at least we got a lot of their stuff. You say 20 uh, firearms were confiscated? Mm-hmm. Okay, good start. Mm-hmm. But he's in a no-win situation, the president, because mm-hmm. if he doesn't show said, up— I think we just said that. Well, but, but I Joining guess, the program now Scan is Boy. Chris Reavers. Oh Scan God. Boy, we just said All that. Right, see you guys later. <laughs> Well, what were you going to add that nope, we didn't already nope, say? Nope, 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 nope. I think nope, we already said it. That's nope, why he's nope, back, right? No, no, no. You guys go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, this is over here. Okay. I'm going to lay back here. Hey, I saw a couple of great Tomball games uh, over the weekend, too. Anyway, Joe. Um, Maybe light up this lung dart. <laughs> a number of... Uh, I love putting on a mask to go to the cigar store, by the way. <laughs> you got to wear a mask to go in to buy products that kill you. <laughs> Uh, I have to tell you about this. I was alerted to this by a number of emailers. It's uh, uh, truly extraordinary. Uh, It'll take me a moment here. Uh, uh, Joe, if you want to bust a blood vessel, look up the book In Defense of Looting by Vicki Osterweil. 
Uh, you should be able to find your August 27 interview with, who else, NPR. I'd call it unbelievable, but sadly it's all too believable. The ratings in Amazon so far are a ray of hope. Uh, that's not the email I want because I have been directly linked uh, to this article, which is... What? No? There he is. This is Joe. <laughs> How's that email, Squints? Matt? Yes. <laughs> I bet you found it now. I did. Okay, good. I was you helping ready? you look. Yes. You ready? Yep. From the site of NPR, one author's argument in defense of looting. In the past months of demonstrations for black lives, there have been a lot of hand-wringing about looting, whether it was New York Governor Andrew Cuomo saying that stealing purses and sneakers from high-end stores in Manhattan was inexcusable, or St. Paul Melvin Carter saying looters were destroying our community. Police officers, government officials, and pundits alike have bemoaned the property damage and demanded an end to the riots. And just this week, rioters have burned buildings and looted stores in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Writer Vicki Osterweil's book, in Defense of Looting, came out last Tuesday. When she finished it back in April, she wrote, rather presciently, that a new energy of resistance is building across the country. Leave it to NPR to give her this preposterous forum. Now, as prior, uh, protests and riots continue to grip cities, she argues that looting is a powerful tool to bring about real, lasting change. The rioters who smash windows and take items from stores, she said, are engaging in a powerful tactic that questions the justice of law and order in the distribution of property and wealth in an unequal society. I spoke with Osterweil about this summer's riots, the common narrative surrounding looting, and why nonviolence can be a misleading turn. Our conversation has been edited and condensed for clarity. The I, and this is the author of this piece for NPR, Natalie Escobar. So apparently this Natalie Escobar, writing for NPR, interviewed writer Vicki Osterweil, who has written a book called In Defense of Looting. For people who haven't read your book, how do you, find, how do you define looting? Answer. When I use the word looting, I mean the mass expropriation of property, mass shoplifting during a moment of upheaval or riot. That's what I'm defending. I'm not defending any situation in which property is stolen by force. It's not a home invasion either. It's about a certain kind of action that's taken during protests and riots. Looting is a highly radicalized word from its very inception in the English language. It's taken from the Hindi, loot, which means goods or spoils. And it appears in an English colonial officer's handbook in the 19th century. Question. During the uprisings of this past summer, rioting and looting have often gone hand in hand. Can you talk about the distinction you've seen between the two? Rioting generally, generally refers to any moment of mass unrest or upheaval. Riots are a space in which a mass of people has produced a situation in which general laws that govern society no longer function, and people can act in different ways in the street and in public. Often, looting is more common among movements that are coming from below. It tends to be attack on a business, a commercial space, maybe a government building, taking those things that would otherwise be commodified and controlled and then sharing them for free. And it goes on and on like this. It's preposterous. But it really dovetails into what we began talking about last week. When I'm still struggling, uh, I wrote about it for Sunday, and I think the editor of the paper, Mike Burbeck, did me a favor telling me on Friday that we're not going to run your column. Mm. And, and I, I, he, I, I like the guy. I trust the guy. I'm not angry about that at all. I think he probably saved me. Because what it was was my GarageLogic service road of life attempt to say 
that more than the defunding of police is under attack in the country. What I believe is under attack in the country is the very notion of there being authority in the first place. And I just haven't been able to articulate it well enough yet for a column, and I, 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 which is different than articulating it uh, for, for the podcast. But this author, whoever she is, you can look her up and not find much, uh, said, uh, the rioters who smash windows and take items from stores, she says, are engaging in a powerful tactic that questions the justice of law and order and the, distri- and the distribution of property and wealth in an unequal society. That's exactly what we've been talking about. This movement is, is designed to take head on the very notion of there being authority in the first place. Now, what we're struggling with, and what I obviously struggle with in the column to the point of where it was a wise decision not to run it, is what will replace that? We don't know. But that's what's at work here, to the point where you've got these these uh, unbalanced women, like this woman writing this book, finding it highly uh, highly acceptable to take what you don't have. Well, you and I call that stealing. Yeah. Right, right. That, that's yeah. theft. Yeah. But, but the notion of the law has become so distorted by the Mysterians that they don't believe in the law because they believe the law to be in and of itself an oppressive tool. Therefore, the law shouldn't exist. Again, what replaces it? Here's another question in the NPR piece. Can you talk about rioting as a tactic? What are the reasons people deploy it as a strategy? Answer. It does a number of important things. It gets people what they need for free immediately, which means that they are capable of living and reproducing their lives without having to rely on jobs and a wage, which during COVID times is widely unreliable or particularly in these communities is often not reliable or it comes at great risk. That's looting's most basic tactical power as a political mode of action. It also attacks the very way in which food and things are distributed. It attacks the idea of property, and it attacks the idea that in order for someone to have a roof over their head or have a meal ticket, they have to work for a boss in order to buy things that people just like them somewhere else in the world had to make under the same conditions. It points to the way in which that's unjust, and the reason the world is organized that way, obviously, is for the profit of the people who own the stores and the factories. So you get to the heart of that property relation and demonstrate that without police and without state oppression, we can have things for free oh, my this God. woman is writing my thesis this woman oh, is, is is laying out in public the very idea that she is so far gone her, her brain is so undeveloped that she actually thinks it's okay to take things for free otherwise you so, wouldn't have them when she leaves that home of hers wherever it may be i'm perfectly justified to break down the door waltz in and take everything i need Importantly, I think especially when it's in the context of a black uprising like the one we're living through now, it also attacks the history of whiteness and white supremacy. The very basis of property in the U.S. is derived through whiteness and through black oppression, through the history of slavery and settler domination of the country. Looting strikes at the heart of property, of whiteness, and of the police. It gets to the very root of the way those three things are interconnected, and it also provides people with an imaginative sense of freedom and pleasure and helps them imagine a world that could be. 
And I think that's a part of it that doesn't really get talked about, that riots and looting are experienced uh, uh, as a sort of joyous and liberatory liberation. Uh, I can't. Rational human beings cannot compete with this woman. Right. R- rational right. human beings cannot have a conversation with this woman. Right. NPR has enough irrationality that they saw fit to give her, hell, it's about a 10-page interview on a book that isn't selling well. So don't tell me why. don't don't tell me that's not part of 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 leftist media narrative is that they're buying this, they're if not buying it, they're allowing it to be explained, they're allowing the idea of theft to be explained as though it is somehow rational. It's not rational. It's against the law. Ah, but we reject the law. We think the law is oppressive. We reject the fact that you own property. We reject the fact that you have a factory. You know, that's tantamount to saying we reject the fact that you actually work. Could you tell from reading it, Joe, where the person conducting the interview, where that person was coming from? Was uh, this person Brooke? in awe? Yep. Uh, was this person Get on your computer. Here. And let's look up the, uh, the author of this preposterous book. Uh, her name is... I mean, where do her sensibilities lie? Right. Her name is... Oh, help me. Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y. Yep. Oster, O-S-T-E-R. W-E-I-L. W-E-I-L. Oh, uh, emailers told me you can go online and not find much. And I, I again, I had such a hectic uh, morning running around trying to find ink that I didn't do any homework on exactly who Vicky Osterweil is. Could you provide us anything? Vicky Osterweil is a writer, editor, and agitator and a regular contributor to the new inquiry. Her writing has also appeared in the Bath of the Nation. Okay, I do not see a bio yet. I'm going to keep looking. She, she does not have a Wikipedia page. It's more links to uh, interviews that she's been on. I'll keep looking. Uh, SteveHeimoff.com. Vicki Osterwell, the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Vicki Osterwell? All right, I've got something from the Hatchet Book Group that I'm clicking on. Well, how the new did Inquiry it, it, is an online magazine of cultural and literary literary criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the we- uh, website updates daily, every few weeks. It's a space for discussion that it ins- aspires mm. to enrich cultural and public life by putting all available resources digital. Okay, okay, I got this, and I was just going to say it's. Patrick has always said it is not a perfect science. Mm-hmm. Vicki Osterwell, a trans woman who describes herself as a writer, editor, and agitator, and whose Twitter handle is Vicky underscore ACAB. Mm-hmm. All cops are, what, bad? I'm going to look her up on Twitter. I might find more information. Okay, my point being that this essentially unknown woman uh, got a big splash in NPR for a book that's fated to not sell well at all, I would hope. But to think that she is contributing to some sort of cultural enlightenment is is the absurdity here there is no cultural enlightenment in urging people to become criminals and she can only do so uh, coming from a belief that there's probably should be no such thing as criminals because everything criminals react to has been oppressed has been as a result of them being oppressed so therefore it's perfectly okay to smash a window and take a Gucci bag 
Although if you're that desperate, you should be getting something more basic for your family than a Gucci bag. That's the last of your needs. And these rioters in Kenosha, they didn't take cars. They destroyed the cars on two car dealer lots. They just destroyed them. And you uh, you have morons like this person who are encouraging this. Right. There was a great post that I saw, I believe it was Saturday, and it said, only in America in 2020 can you get arrested for opening your business and not for looting and destroying one. Mm-hmm. That, was so, that was so perfect. Another trope that's very common is that looters and rioters are not part of the protest, and they're not part of the movement. Oh, sure. sure. That has to do with the history of protesters trying to appear respectable and politically legible as a movement, and not wanting to be too frightening or threatening. Another one is that looters are just acting as consumers. Why are they taking flat-screen TVs instead of rice and beans? Like, if they were just surviving, it'd be one thing, but they're taking liquor. All these tropes come down to claiming that the rioters and looters don't know what they're doing. They're acting in a disorganized way, maybe in an animalistic way. But the history of the movement for liberation in America is full of looters and rioters. They've always been part of our movement, our movement. So she's obviously in this movement. Uh, As Kenny said earlier, would it be all right then if we just took belongings from her house? If she wasn't home, I think that would be the the uh, proviso. Uh, someone like her would say, "Yes, I approve of that." If if the homeowner is not at home, isn't that isn't that what we've actually seen from the Boston DA? Mm-hmm. That we've seen a a lessening of arrests if a home is burgle, burgled if the resident is not home. That's mm-hmm. somehow then a, seen as a lesser crime. Th- this is, uh, folks, this is amazing. This is, it's happening so quickly and in such real time that what we were charmingly and innocently enough and amusingly enough calling the mystery a couple of years ago is now a full-blown moment in American life to the point where you now have people writing books applauding the idea of taking that which does not belong to you. Mother of God. Uh, Honest to God. Uh... Uh, it's just, and here, here I am, here I am, giving her yet more right. notice, more notice. Uh, I, I don't even want to link this, Reeves. Don't. No. no. We're not even going to link this, but if, if GLers want to be as amazed as I am, you can go to the NPR site, and I'm sure you can find this interview. She's One taken author. One author's argument in defense of looting, and the, and the person you're looking for is Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, Osterweil, O-S-T-E-R-W-E-I-L. She's taken a hit across the board on, uh, on Google with every review, etc., but you cannot find a bio. She's uh, not on Wikipedia, and her Twitter account is private, so you can't learn much. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I never want to hear her name again. I, I want her to disappear, uh, to to believe that she has some valid role in commenting on the cultural health of America is in and of itself preposterous. Just preposterous. Matthew, when you say she's taking a hit across the board, you mean from both sides of the political aisle? I've so only seen negative. Okay. I haven't seen... Uh I didn't look at the comments on the NPR site, but everywhere else, it's not just Fox News, it's other but independents. All she's doing, Joe, is she's setting herself up, if Trump gets reelected, to four more years of profiting off of all of this. 
That's all that this is. That's right. And the president can't win, you know, either way. Right. Uh, How far away are we from some nut writing a book saying it's okay to kill all Republicans? Well, we've already got uh, in Portland or in Kenosha, I believe it was in Kenosha, a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, leader, unnamed, saying it's time you kill one of ours, we kill one of yours. Yeah, and then that played out in Portland. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the Trump supporter who was murdered uh, was greeted with cheers as he lay on the pavement. People were cheering that. And he did nothing other than support Trump. He, he didn't do anything to bring on this murder in the street. But I think there has to be a better way to push back than to get 600 people with their Trump hats. Uh, I, I, let, me, let, me, let me flesh this thought out. Well, you're sane. That's why I know where you're going, and you're thinking that because you're sane. Well, that's the way, that's the, way <clears throat> the right is, Joe. We don't do that crap. Right, but they did on this occasion, and I think it was foolish. Well, you know, at what point you finally have to give in and stand up for what you believe in. I mean, you had this problem with me a couple of weeks ago with the bed and breakfast in Michigan, where I mm-hmm. said, you know what, uh, I, I, I'd do what they did. I'd take the flag down, I'd walk away, and I realized how stupid and wrong that was. Uh, we need, people need to push back. We need pushback. Okay, a couple of thoughts, a couple of thoughts. Uh when you enter the madness of Portland, you have to know that you are going to be confronting people who don't care if they kill you. You are going in, presumably, as someone with a with enough conscience left that you're not going in there to kill people. So I think you naively went in there believing that your presence and the waving of the flag and your mega hats would have had some impact on these people. It did, but it was only throwing meat to the lions. Right. And so the, the reaction cannot possibly surprise anybody. Plus, there's got to be a way to push. Well, I, this is a tough one. Is there a way to push back without making everything political? I'm tired of everything in this country being political. Everything is. Everything is. We're screwed there. What can GLers do? How are GLers supposed to lead their lives? Because GLers want to push back against madness. But we will. But the silent majority in this country is growing rapidly. I firmly believe that. You know, you're not seeing the people that that are so far against what's going on in the cities of Portland and Chicago that they're just saying, okay, all right, keep it up. Keep it up. And you're swaying those neutral voters to one side. I firmly believe that. Ten killed, 45 wounded this weekend in Chicago. Yep. And I do not see it getting addressed. I do not see it getting well, addressed. Well, how about the story in Atlanta, or in Georgia, excuse me, over the weekend, about the, the trafficking of children mm-hmm. not getting covered at all mm-hmm. nationwide? And that's a massive story. Two cops injured in Chicago, by the way. A cop shot in the head in St. Louis and died. Uh, what are GLers to do? Where are we on the last day of summer in 2020? I know it's not meteorologically the last day of summer, but it sure feels like fall this morning. What are we to do? I'm going to race from scene to scene in my new Fiat. (laughs) New Fiat? Nice. I I finally solved my problem. Uh, Saturday, I went to Schmelz, and I, uh, I drove a Jetta. 
which is a fantastically priced German sedan. I've got a Jetta. Yeah, and I drove. Uh, you drive the wagon. Yes, I drove a, a 2019 uh, Volkswagen corporate return car I that love had them. that had 26,000 miles on it. Okay. Then I then I drove a new Jetta with zero miles, and I drove a new Fiat 500X, which is a uh, very subcompact four door SUV. What the uh, the the returned corporate VW car had all wheel drive, but for the same price, I was going to be buying twenty six thousand miles uh, as a for what I paid for for the for the Fiat five hundred X, which has all wheel drive. So again, I've told you all my driving needs have become infrequent, but I still need a vehicle, and I'm very satisfied and happy with this Fiat five hundred X. We mm-hmm. all know you well enough to know that even if the car with 26,000 miles on it was $15,000 less, you wouldn't have bought it because 26,000 yeah. miles to you yep. is He doesn't know how that corporate out. guy treated it, right? That's He's wondering, worn out you hear a clicking? <laughs> no, it's, it's a gorgeous car. Gorge, just... <laughs> someone's going someone's to be very pleased with that car. I'm talking Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood on the uh, southeast uh, quadrant there of Highway 36 and 61. I went back. I went three times Saturday. Did they I had shuffle a day. you I out had of there? You drove did they, them crazy. Did they just yeah. shuffle you out of there and say, Such, you we're done. Uh, you're not staying for dinner, okay? Uh, I, I bought it from a guy named Ralph Ludden, who's my kind of sales guy. Because okay. he, 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 he didn't pressure me at all. He said, the only thing I'm puzzled by, he said, is uh, why in God's name you, you wouldn't buy a Fiat? You're a stockholder. So he's a he's a big fan of the show, and and so I drove this Fiat 500X, and I'm entirely pleased. I'm entirely pleased. It's just economical as hell, uh, out the door for such a reasonable price. I'm I'm glad I finally took action because now I'm covered. Uh, this morning the CP wasn't home, and I ran out of ink, and I would have had to go on a scooter or something else to f- go flying down the street to try and find an ink cartridge. But no, I have a car now. I have my own wheels. That, huh? I have my own wheels. He's not carrying a sack of potatoes over his shoulder on the scooter. No, it was. It's great. Uh, I, I love it there. I, I told you I've purchased cars there before. I will continue to. Right now, all 2019, 2020 Volkswagen, zero percent interest for 72 months, 120 day payment deferral. Uh, great, great uh, a selection of Volkswagens. A great selection of uh, Alfa Romeos and Fiats. There's a couple more 500 Xs. Like I got, and I I couldn't be happier. They get they've had great reviews in the winter, uh, and it's it's for my needs. It's perfect. It doesn't have every single technological option in the world. But here's another thing I noticed about it: I instinctively knew what every button meant in that car. And I've often lamented this: the modern car, you, you can be so overwhelmed with technology that you're going to be never done reading the owner's manual. Well, right off the bat, I was able to make a hands-free phone call because it was so simple. It's done through Siri. You hit a, you plug your phone into the car, then you hit a button on the steering wheel and say, call home. Boom, you're talking to home. Did they, did they have any spiders on the floor? What? The uh, 124, the uh, Fiat 124 spider. They're completely they out of 124. Speaking oh. of 124, 
125, 126, 127. And Kenny, Kenny, I'm glad. I'm glad they were out of them because you know damn well I would have bought one. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Me too, man. That is an awesome car. And I would have anticipated using it in the winter when the roads were capable of handling it. Uh, Now I'm much better off. Uh, I got a vehicle that's all-wheel drive. Uh, Check it all out at Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood. Kenny, I just got your joke. Were there any spiders on the floor? (laughs) Is that a joke? Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Demand is up, supply is down, prices are fluctuating, and Kenny and his lifelong roommate are very happy customers. By the way, if you can find me a stainless steel 26 wide by 24 deep by 36 inch tall electric range, I'll pay you anything you want. It's really tough finding stuff these days. Thankfully, you can find aimhighconstructionmn.com and you can get yourself on the list. Uh, because as we've learned, it might be a while before you can get certain items or the prices. They're kind of hard to nail down right now due to high demand, lower output, COVID, uh, mills, factories. It's really complicated. Jeez, it took me a day and a half to find a nail gun last week. Uh, but when you sign up with Aim High, you're getting the best quality material there is, and it's installed by highly skilled seasoned vets. Uh, like everybody else in the trades, Aim High, the, these guys... Super crazy busy right now. Uh, Some jobs, roofs, sidings, windows, they can be tackled immediately if they can find the stock. Other jobs like full remodels, decks, other big, big jobs, it means you're going to have to go on the list. But get on the list because it's worth the wait. Log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com. Get a hold of Chris or Keith and get yourself on the schedule. You'll be very, very glad you did. aimhighconstructionmn.com. Getting back to this Vicky Osterweil for a moment, uh, and I really want to keep this brief. She deserves no attention. But when you have a mindset like that, that everything that's produced, for example, has been produced under an oppressive means because somebody's the boss and somebody built the factory. Okay, let's, let's assume, and I think it would be safe to, that she has a cell phone, right? Well, yeah. who's supposed to make it? Where, where are goods and services Manuf- supposed okay. to come from if I'm uh, going to be encouraged in her view of cultural enlightenment, enlightenment that it's okay for me to take whatever I want? Oh, well, then I who's see. supposed Supply to make the chain. stuff? Yeah. Supply who's supposed chain. to make right. it? Right. Right, because the stores yeah. that sell it are going to stop selling it, and if they stop selling it, they stop ordering it. If they stop ordering it, they stop making it. Right, exactly. And, and the people who build washing machines for a living are then electric out of ranges. They have electric no ranges, they, now they have no income. Electric range. It, I it, ordered one a month ago. It might get here in February. Well, this is why you can't have a rational discussion with people this disturbed. I what would what could her answer possibly be? Lady, you have a cell phone. You obviously have a some means of of putting your words on paper. I I bet you have a computer and a printer what? in your house. As, as we learned from Matthew, she's getting pretty strong pushback from all sides. So the common people out there, all of us, no matter what side of the political aisle we're on, we're pushing back because we know what life is really like. We know we can't get certain things right now, and it's only going to get worse. And we know and, instinctively it's not good to loot. 
and to loot from your uh, your African American uh, black owned business, who's your neighbor, who's running a shoe shop. You know in your heart whether you're a lefty or even if you're a looter, you know that's not the right thing to do. Joe, remember the night the night that uh, Target was looted and and uh, Third Precinct burned down based on false information or the one weeks ago. The very next day. Those same looters were in the parking lot of that same Target selling the goods. Oh, my God. Well, that's capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that ironic? Yeah. But nobody nobody wanted to buy the TVs because they all have one already. And no police could respond because the police were locked down. You can't have a, a conversation with these irrational people who are disturbed. To me, it's a form of mental illness to say it's perfectly okay for me to steal. No, it's not. Right. That's a sin. That sin, the concept of sin, that train left the station how many years ago? Yeah. yeah. This isn't even looked at in in any theological norm. Of course not. This is looked at as cultural enlightenment to free ourselves from the bands of oppression. (laughs) Then who's supposed to make the damn TV? Who's supposed to make it? And and ultimately, there'll be nothing for you to watch on TV, because the 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 Ted Turners of the world and and the Stan Hubbards of the world who build up these broadcast corporations, what's in it for them to keep doing this? If you're going to just keep taking, it's it's a uh, it's it's criminal. It's a, it's a criminal act that's being encouraged, and that's why you can't discuss anything with these fools because they they have no answers. Lady, who? how are you going to have a cell phone? Who's going to make it? You're not capable of making one yourself. And even if you did, who's going to supply the towers so your signal can get where it's supposed to go? Mm-hmm. And then somebody goes to work putting up those towers. And then there's steel mills where people are working to build the tower. Then the tower goes to the, to the uh, uh, telephone company that now owns it, and they have to hire people to go out and install it. Well, lady, what? how's that all going to work in your world? She must view a dystopian future in which there is nothing but madness. Yeah. Which she would say, which she would say then, a madness that has relieved those who have suffered from oppression. No, it will not relieve anybody. It will make their lives worse. It'll make their lives worse. And she's so ignorant that she doesn't believe that she won't be affected by the complete and total collapse of the economy. I mentioned to you earlier the story in Kenosha about let's kill white people. Here it is. At a rally in Kenosha on Saturday, an activist declared that black people should retaliate against white people when they kill members of the black community. Kenosha has been reeling from racial unrest over the last week. Uh, over the Jacob Blake shooting, uh, violence has erupted, uh, resulting in widespread destruction, riots, two deaths. According to the Kenosha News, the shocking comments were made during a rally on Saturday during which demonstrators demanded justice for Blake. The man, who was only identified by one demonstrator as our president, according to the newspaper, made his comments during what Kenosha News called a peaceful march. But the activist instructions were anything but peaceful. I love being black. I love black people. I know some of you may not want to say that. The man said, according to the Kenosha News, you tell us how to behave when you have taken our lives. The black man is worth something. His life is worth something. Well, so far, so good. I have to say, uh, 
bleep it. If you kill one of us, it's time for us to kill one of yours, the activist went on to say. I know everybody don't want to hear that, but bleep, why are we the ones who have to keep burying ours and got to keep clean for you to see us as being human? We ain't never did nothing to nobody. Okay. Uh, as uh, the Kenosha Professional Police Association released a statement Friday, uh, contradicting key details of the Jacob Blake incident as reported by the media. The purely fictional depiction of events coming from those without direct knowledge of what actually occurred is indirectly harmful and provides no benefit to anyone whatsoever other than to perpetuate a misleading narrative, the police union said. The police union claimed that Blake was armed with a knife, refused to cooperate with officers, and even forcibly, forcibly fought with officers, including putting one of the officers in a headlock. Uh, based on the inability to gain compliance and control after using verbal, physical, and less lethal means, the officers drew their firearms. The union explained Mr. Blake continued to ignore the officers' commands, even with the threat of lethal force now present. Okay, let's stop right there. That's the end of the story. Let's stop right there. The other thing I, the other thing I wrote uh, uh, for Sunday that didn't get published, which is fine, is the only way, and you guys help me here, the only way... George Floyd would be alive today, and he might not be alive today, given his health problems that we've been learning about. <laughs> the only way George Floyd would be alive today, and the only way Jacob Blake would not have been shot, is is for what to have happened? Uh, compliance. 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 Com- Put your hands yeah. up. That's um, my answer. Compliance. compliance is thought to be oppressive so what's the only possible way that floyd no police no police whatsoever god that's wrong well of course it is but think about it if 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 an entire generation or two uh, partly as a result of the failed academy i doubt that jacob blake went to the failed academy but partly as as some of these ideologies uh, begin leaking out of the failed academy that uh that authority in and of itself is merely a construct whimsically created by old white founders of the country to bring about oppression, then what, what if, if young people are buying this and they're disabused of the notion that authority de- commands your respect, then that's why maybe you don't comply. That's why maybe Jacob Blake, I, don't, I can't speak for him. I don't know why he didn't comply. Uh, we, we have discovered that he's had some real serious problems with the law in the past in his life uh, which has nothing to do with what happened uh, when he was when he was shot no By, but but you the, have to stick to the facts that, that that's one thing that people can't hide behind he, yes floyd did not deserve it none of those guys deserve to be shot in the back or uh, choked to death we agree but that fact still remains is that's part of the history and that was part of what brought them there to that event and I do not want anybody to die by getting shot in the back or the head or strangled. But that is a fact that has to be part of the story every time it's mentioned. But the only thing that can prevent that is the elimination of police, which we saw an immediate attempt to bring about by the Minneapolis salon dwellers in the days following George Floyd's death. Instantly, Lisa Bender and the rest of them began floating the idea of either defunding the police, eliminating the police, replacing the police with a community safety engagement office, uh, and on and on and on. Well, that's tantamount to them saying that the presence of police is not what we want in this country anymore because it's resulted in too many deaths. How come, Joe, when they see what's happening 
and they see the absence of police. We're down officers in Minneapolis, and we're only, we're going to lose more by the fall. How come they don't, when they see the residual crime that's going on just in Minneapolis here during a protest, how come they don't see the error of their ways? Because whenever live... there's a protest, a violent protest anywhere in this town, crime increases everywhere else because all the bad guys know where all the cops are. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they the only, don't see that. Well, I guess the only way I can answer that is I firmly believe that they live in their own rail of American life. And Kenny here, I'll answer that uh, for you. Uh, Joe Biden is speaking right now on CNN and his quote, Trump's handling of the pandemic has made our economy so much worse. <laughs> what? The governor in this state that's uh, killing the economy. Look at at South Dakota right now. They're wide open, but yet, oh, sorry. Yeah, I got an email from a guy in South Dakota saying, tell Reavers to forget it. We ain't trading her and she ain't leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Christy Nome. Christy Nome. Let's stick with the topic. Okay, why can't we? Let me just interject this. Why can't we hear from the 75 to 80-year-old uh, black man or black woman that had to drink from a different fountain, that had to go to a different bathroom, that couldn't ride the bus where they wanted to? And what do you, find, wait, stop. What do you want to hear from them? I want to hear, do they want the police gone? They went through all sorts of tri, uh, tried Matthew, and true times. We have. We have again and again and again, and they get shouted down. Their opinion doesn't matter anymore. But they're the ones that were oppressed. The 18-year-old kid that's a thug hasn't really had a... Uh, they're all over social on, on an everyday basis, and they get routinely ignored. You're all, you're all, you're all drifting. You're all drifting. I Bring us back, bro. I want, I mean, that's, that's my job. You're all drifting. The only way I can see that Jacob Blake could not have been shot is that there had been no police because clearly he did not intend to respect authority clearly he did not intend to comply with anything and it might very well be that we have generations of young people in america who have been so thoroughly trained to believe that the police are an enemy and don't deserve your respect that that's why we have these situations and no one can provide me the answer for how Blake could have not have been shot, except had there been no police. So what we are to do, apparently, let's, let's say we wave the magic wand and there's no police. Well, I don't know what life in Kenosha would be like. Uh, it might be much better than it is right now because there would not have been a shooting. There wouldn't have been a shooting if there's no police. But. Or are the police, or are we going to get to the point where police are so handcuffed yeah. that they are going to become instructed? The minute someone doesn't comply, they're going to be instructed to stand down. What, holster your gun. Yeah. Uh, yes, as, yes. As Blake is running to his car to yes. retrieve exactly. whatever stand he's down. retrieving. Stand down. Let him go. It's been happening you. actually more and more, even even before George Floyd and his death. Uh, and the latest has been uh, no more police chases mm-hmm. in the city of Minneapolis, no more shooting at cars. Uh, yeah, they're routinely being handcuffed more and more. So that is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're, if there is a, a, a police force, the quality of that police force is just going to be Paul Blart Mall Cop. When, when, and, and you, Joe, saying 
that uh, you think maybe Kenosha would be a better place to live with no police force. Obviously, you're being, um, you know, disingenuous. Of course I am. Of course I am. Okay, then take it out to the next step. If the police will ultimately be ordered by the Mysterians who run this country, the closer you get to the tallest buildings, under what circumstances would they want the police to take action? When it affects them. I guess. <laughs> to what extent? Are they remember g- the guy? Remember the guy who wrote us the email last week about when Minneapolis was uh, under siege on Nicollet Mall the other uh, midweek last week, and uh, businesses were ruined and windows broken, and he came upon the uh, the city councilman sitting around a campfire in his backyard. Yes, right. Complete, completely. Again, and I said at the time, I don't know what the city councilman was supposed to have done. Uh, to prevent that, but he was among those clamoring for the end to police. What's he think he's going to do? Is he going to be able to just have his happy campfire for the rest of his life? I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because as and as it turns out, this guy is kind of close to me in my neighborhood, as was the letter writer. At the same time, that very evening, a bakery on 42nd Street and 28th Avenue, a baker's wife, was robbed at gunpoint. One of the workers that was robbed at gunpoint later, an hour or so later, was walking home to his house in the neighborhood. Guess what? He got mugged. Mm-hmm. Twice in one night. He's. Yeah. I got nothing left. In this so, councilman's neighborhood where he was enjoying a nice little backyard fire. Help us with his name, Jeremy please. Schrader. Thank you. Ward 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead and have your campfire, Jeremy, but it's really bad optics to appear so oblivious to the the city getting destroyed while on your watch. Downtown Minneapolis right now is a no-go zone. God, no. <laughs> Restaurants, bars, theaters, everything's done right now. Everything's done right now. I, uh, here's the website, Ward 11. There are several challenges, issues facing the 11th Ward. Airport noise. Traffic not, speeds. Not, not a problem. Not Highway a problem. construction. Who not a problem. Cares? Public not, safety. That's a problem. Yes. Okay. And yes. property taxes that I will work to resolve on a daily basis. I'm sure you will. But yeah. I, wish, right. I wish you the best. I think you should hit the refresh button on that one, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Airport noise. There we go. God. Those big, loud birds that fly over and rattle the windows. Wait, wait, at least, though, can we give him some credit? He didn't have plastic bags on there. Okay. Uh, to his credit. Yeah. That's because the the salon already has settled that. Oh, that's true. We problem. took care of that. Straws. That's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> Take out yeah. containers. Yeah. You know, getting back to something we were talking about earlier, Kenny, you said you were having trouble getting an electric range. Boy, am I. You know, uh, there's all kinds of shortages. Uh, there's lumber shortages because I guess the mills were closed for a mm-hmm. while, right? Yep. There are there are appliance uh, shortages. Uh, I was talking to Jonathan Schmelz out at uh, Schmelz Countryside. There are some inventory shortages because factories had to be closed down. Uh, take it down to something as simple as shower spray. Uh, and this isn't for your sophomoric uh, amusement. This is a, a real example. Hmm. I, for, for Ever since we moved into this house, you spray the shower with, and you walk away. It's a shower oh, spray. Right, right. Clorox. Okay. Cannot be found. Oh, yes. You're right. Yeah. It cannot be found, and the reason is, and this was told to me by a bright young lady working at Menards, where I ducked into to look for shower spray on one of my many visits to Schmelz last Saturday. And she said, it's probably because the same chemicals 
that are used to make shower spray are needed to make sanitizing products. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's right. So what, and I, I made, I became obsessed, of course, because I, I don't want, I, I like to, I like a clean shower. Right. So I'm, so now the CP gets on the Google. <laughs> Too much information. And well, no, but the CP gets on the Google and finds, okay, if you go to X uh, at this location, they have six in stock. So I raced out there and got them. I didn't take all six because I thought that would be a pig. Right. Hey, I bought hey. I bought four. Dum dum. Huh. Why didn't you call Fratelloni? I've been in Frats. They're out. Oh, they so you went there in. first? Obviously. Oh, hell, hell yes. Oh, okay, yes. okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> Why could you just say, "Hey, Mike, uh, grab me one from the Andover store"? <laughs> I'm gonna. T- uh, I, I might ask Reavers. Mike. To- I he was my first go-to guy for the uh, Brad nailer. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, can't get him. Really. I finally had to turn to Twitter and uh, get help there at finding this Brad Nailer. And it, like I said, it took me a day and a half to find one. Now, one it, stands, it, it stands to reason that the manufacturers of many products are, are, have probably never had it better. Uh, for example, uh, the boating industry is probably selling record numbers of boats and pontoon boats. Uh, the RV industry is having a resurgence as people, you know, figure out a way to take their own vacations without staying in a hotel. Come or, on, Hilltop, let's or, go. We or, need you as an advertiser. Or getting on an airplane. That's a big yeah. part of it, too. Yeah. Right, right. So there's many, many people who are making out like crazy. Liquor stores. Uh, yeah. Liquor stores. Midway um, Liquor, the, uh, the Gormans, they said it's like New Year's Eve every night. Boating. De- DKMags.com DK Mags, and every right. other uh, gun re- retailer in the country. Recreational equipment. Yeah. I, 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 I hope, I should ask Tim, I bet, I wonder if EcoFun is seeing a spike oh. in the sales of recreational equipment. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, also home, of course, to the Bintelli e-bike with its five levels of assist. And you get the extra bonus when you buy a Bintelli e-bike from EcoFun because Kayla Bloom, Tim's daughter, is really become an expert on the Bintelli e-bike. You will not leave there with the wrong Bintelli e-bike. You will leave there with the one that she'll help you determine most fits your needs. Also, those great lineups of gas-powered scooters that make every trip an adventure, turn every errand into an adventure, uh, great gas mileage, nimble, easy to park, uh, wonderful, wonderful urban transportation, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, helmets, apparel, and service. And I I, I got to think that it must be, a, I'm going to ask him, it's got to be a struggle for Tim Bloom to keep the e-bikes in stock. It just must be. And maybe even some of the scooters because people are circling their wagons. Their their entertainment is closer to home. Their their recreation becomes not uh, flying to uh, Disneyland. Their recreation becomes going for a bike ride in the Twin Cities. And and God knows we've got a political class that's knocked out most of the streets for your use on bicycles, so you got that going for you. All of this is available at EcoFun Motorsports, a great place. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Great building sites in Sioux Falls are attracting national attention because Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. In Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. Plus, short commutes, safe streets, available land and buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax. 
see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. No matter what size your project is, Sioux Falls has available sites with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Let me paint a little picture for you and a little little scenario for you to uh, no. envision yourself in. No. If you're sitting in the, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the living room, kitchen, maybe even the bedroom, and you're looking very closely at the drapes, and you realize that, you know what? These what if I'm behind the drapes? You, you know what? You might, well, you got to be in front or behind. You have to know that this upholstery needs to be cleaned at least once a year. The muck and the, the dirt that's on here, it's got to be cleaned. Well, that <laughs> also goes for your carpets, too. So, Kenny, if you're looking at your carpets at home, and I know that that basement with you having a, a, no, a, a look, smoke. Here's the deal. I've got two runs. Uh, one is the steps that go to the upstairs. They smell like dirty bare feet. Yes. And then the other carpeted run in my house. I don't want to know this. I don't want to know this. Yes, you the do. steps that go down to the basement, and it's a white Berber, which looks great when it's clean, but right now it looks like an ashtray, and it's gross. I need these two you, uh, stairways clean. You are making my ad for me here because I want to tell you it's a testimony to tell you that if you have that odor, odiferous carpet, if it looks unsightly, Get it cleaned with my trusted carpet cleaners. They are garage logicians. It is Tim and Carla Ross. They're great people, and they're advertising on this Garage Logic podcast because they know that you need to have your carpets cleaned and your upholstery, that couch, everything. Every six months, it should be every six months, you can stretch it out to a year or two, but my uh, trusted carpet cleaners will do a great job for you. State-of-the-art equipment, and they specialize in problem cleaning, such as Kenny's house and pet odors and spills. Special process that actually removes the odor. It doesn't just mask it, like putting some powder over there and vacuuming. If you need carpets clean, upholstery, anything, it's mytrustedcarpetcleaners.com. Click the online button at the top of the page, schedule your next cleaning. They will take care of you. You can see the scheduling, the pricing. There are no surprises. It is mytrustedcarpetcleaners.com. Get in touch with them today. Here's a couple in Ecuador. They're married. 104 and 110 years old. They set a world record for oldest married couple, and they were asked uh, for the remainder of the uh, coronavirus. They asked the husband, you have to remain here uh, with your wife, who's 110 years old, or be, or be. (laughs) (laughs) Say a coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B, <laughs> every, every, time time. every time, every time. Why is that funny? Every time, because we're sophomoric. Because uh-huh. we would have said B too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, B. okay, drapery boy. What was I just going to tell you? It was something? Oh, uh, the old farmer's almanac. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're in for a tough, cold winter. Oh boy, that's Snow unusual. Cold? We tough, haven't heard that before, winter. have we, Sue? Yeah. Tall, tough, cold winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. You know what? I don't mind a cold winter as long as it's a short one. 
No. Well, when I, it drags out into May, that's when winter and I have issues. Yeah, I want a spring. I want a spring. And what I love about you, Such, is now that you have that little buddy that um, allows you to broadcast from anywhere, mm-hmm. you still will not move to Arizona, Florida, etc., San Diego for the winter. It it just make you too restless and too uncomfortable. Yeah, when right. you have the ability, you could leave in November and come back May 1st. You won't do it. Nope, and I even have the vehicle now that I could do it. <laughs> you know, You're I could load up my I could load just... up my little half SUV with all my bingo, broadcast bingo, equipment and say, see you later. <laughs> Stay at Royce's place. Well, you might as well. He's not staying there. So it's time to get up. I made some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how to crack these eggs. Oh, no, you're running over to the pool, all right? Uh, how you doing? Oh, my God. You're writing a column today, or what do you got? Your podcast. How you doing? Or you hear from the bathroom, Sooch, bring up some toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. a little TP there. Roll right under oh the door. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on to it while I pull it. I'm oh, you guys would make great roommates. How about Roycey walking around the old place wearing nothing but a towel? How's that going to go for I'd, you? I'd leave so quickly that he wouldn't. <laughs> my, favorite, my, no, my favorite thing about living with these guys when I had to, what, we lived together for a weekend at uh, Cooperstown is Pat's story about going into the uh, the wrong the house. Wrong house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. you might not want to use the uh, main floor bathroom for a while. I, sorry, I picked. <laughs> Give that one a minute. Give Gave her a test up. run. Uh, crack a window She's working now. good, by the way. <laughs> Sitting in there in his underwear. Going, so you guys were all in the same house? Yeah. They, Which what episode are you talking about? Uh, Cooperstown, Kirby Puckett, oh, yeah. and uh, Winfield. No, yeah. it was Winfield. Oh, Winfield. I'm sorry, yeah. Win- Winfield. Yeah, Pat went to the wrong house and made himself at home. I, uh, I put them bologna sandwiches in the uh, in the fridge here. <laughs> Say, who was the uh, fellow? Uh, we had it on this date in history last week, the fellow who invented water skiing at Lake City. Was it Samuelson? Ralph Samuelson? Ralph, I think, Samuelson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey uh, sent me uh, the info because he does more work than any staff member. Uh, he was pulled by a flying boat. Uh, what? Uh, like a, a flyer? A, uh, like a seaplane. Like a seaplane. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had weird. engines that would would power somebody up to get on the. Well, I'm just telling you what he found. Okay. 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 Gotcha. And, and only, only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, gotcha. from our friend, uh, the hell's our friend's name, Tom Lyman. Tom Lyman. Uh, on this day in Minnesota history, August 31st in 1929, the Fauchet Tower was dedicated in Minneapolis. Huh. Hiring John Sousa to write and perform a march for the occasion, Wilbur Fauchet had a grand opening party, a final display of extravagance before the 1929 crash and subsequent economic depression that ruined the early years of the building. And, yeah, he uh, lived up there, and then, so he had a, a, a penthouse suite up there, and then the market crashed, and he went, uh, he ended up in poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, great, great story. Can we? Would it be wrong to assign Casey some uh, homework? Kelsey, Kelsey. Kelsey I'm sorry. No, I think Kelsey. it's. I think yeah. it's. He'd, he'd welcome that. Well, no, he's burdened enough. He's he's uh, got his own business. He's got to do. So uh, does Jordy and the rest of all our Downing, our rest of our frequent contributors. Hey, it's not easy to be an offsite correspondent. Let's go. Yeah, who right. said? Quit complaining about it, guys. <laughs> because I was thinking it'd be a, a lot of fun to find out why certain news stories aren't news stories why why when something big happens how come it's not 
breaking news everywhere across the world. What, what suppresses those stories? Bias. And uh, I, I'd like somebody to do that. Well, I believe, uh, I believe, uh, Chris, you mentioned earlier, uh, nearly 40 missing children have been rescued during a Georgia sex trafficking bust between Atlanta and Macon. Mm-hmm. Why in God's name is that not a national story? I thought the same thing yesterday because I flipped on both local and national news. And I know Sunday morning's a little bit different programming for, for news stations, but it wasn't being covered anywhere. And I, I, I read and, the whole story. It was an awful story, but thank, thank God the kids are alive. And I thought, but why isn't this covered everywhere right Why now? is that for not a story, that, but this Jerry Falwell nutcase is a story? Why is this not a story? That's the million-dollar question because that— These are children. Right. Mm-hmm. Young, young children. That's, well, and that's, and Joe and Chris, part two of that is, how come when I do read a story about this sex trafficking and these kids, I don't learn a hell of a lot? Well, I know in a case like this, Joe, help me because you're the journalist, but in a case like this, because you're trying to be very careful with the identities of so many of these kids, that might be part of why you're not getting as much information, I would guess, because they're all minors. That sounds like BS. Uh, no offense, Chris. Dozens of endangered or missing Georgia children, including 15 sex trafficking victims, sex trafficking victims were rescued during a recent two-week operation, according to officials. Operation Not Forgotten, conducted in Atlanta and Macon this month, resulted in the rescue of 26 kids, the safe location of 13 others, and the arrest of nine criminal associates. This is from the U.S. Marshals Service, said last Thursday. Fifteen of those children have been trafficked for sex, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported, citing authorities. And this is from the New York Post. But I guess, I, 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 to, to my way of thinking, this is a, a, a national story that should be across the top of the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the L.A. Times. And here locally, I haven't read a word about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for why that's not a big story. I don't have an answer. I, 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 I'm not sensing any political agenda here. I, I, I just don't know why it's not a story, especially because, you know, it's a little little kids. I know. What the yeah, hell? Yeah. But, but, Joe, you said there's not a political affiliation. But I do think that, especially nationally, that those news organizations have dug their heels in and they're dead set on one set of agenda or another. And I but think, how does this? How, I don't know. What? what what agenda must you have in the news gathering business to not uh, uh, point out the uh, heinous realities of this situation? What? How does that? I'm not buying that. I'm not ready yet to say that the agenda or that the narrative of the typical news gathering organization uh, would preclude informing the public about uh, something as horrible as this. I, I, I refuse to well, believe that's part of an agenda. What would they be? Who are they protecting well, okay. by not well, writing Chris, it? Let's, let's bring up what we talked about with social. You can go or I can go. I don't care. Uh, there is a social media narrative uh, in that this type of activity is left-leaning, and it goes back to basically to Epstein and that entire mess I, of a situation. I, I, I'm, I, a, it's social media, so it's not trustworthy. Sure. And B, 
Uh, I'm I'm not prepared to believe that, and I'm not uh, either. I'm just saying that that narrative is out there. It, it, well, it it's a, you call it a narrative. Daily. You call it a narrative that's out there, and I know what you mean. But it's a narrative that that is meaningless. It's a meaningless narrative written in anonymity. Okay, but wait a on minute. On this god awful thing called Twitter. But wait a minute. Let's go right back to the beginning of the show. After you ripped me for not paying attention, but you did say Ooh, that we have established. Uh, politics, identity politics, to basically everything right now. Right, but I'm having a. It's a real stretch for me uh, to assign some uh, political protectionism uh, to one party or another sure. by, by sure. not telling me about this. And it is being written. The Atlanta Journal Constitution has had it, and uh, but I'm you. You brought it up, and I was surprised because I'm a consumer of news. And that was the first I've heard of it when you mentioned it to me today on the start of the show. Well, Joe, I'm here to pick up the pieces. I know, you know you the are. ones that you drop on the ground. I know you are. <laughs> you know what I got room for in that new rig of mine? What? P- plenty of meatloaf, baby. Aha. <laughs> plenty of meatloaf and brats and steaks and burgers and sliders, all from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Because GLers love their Highway 61 and Grunhoffers, man, do GLers love Grunhoffers. What a fantastic meat market. It's become the, the go-to meat emporium of Gumption County. It's just fantastic, fantastic products. Spencer's adding on 2,500 additional square feet uh, to keep up with the, the quality and the demand. And it's just worked out so well for everyone because Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo is the go-to place for all your grilling needs. And I know GLers grill all year round. So uh, GLers are meeting each other out there, saying hi to each other. It's almost the way uh, small-town America used to work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, just to have the corner meat market, and it's a gathering place for all the GLers. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo on the north side of Hugo, right on Highway 61. And GLers, I'm gonna go out now and buy ink cartridges. Oh, so, so oh, I, good. Yeah, make gotta, sure that they have a black ink cartridge, though. That's yeah. uh, that's really important at a printing right. store. As we continue so. his search for Clorox wipes, what are you taking? The new Fiat or the uh, Yamaha scooter? It's what looking pretty think? nice out. I'm thinking we should turn this into some scooter erranding. There you go. Yeah, because I got to go to the man. bank. I got to get. Uh, yeah, you it's a got big day. Hold, uh, I got a lot of stuff Home to Depot do. To, you know. <laughs> stop by there. Hey, yesterday. Swing by and give me uh, some help. I'm working on the exterior today. Come on. Yesterday, I saw a Harley uh, westbound on uh, Marshall, headed for the Lake Street Bridge. The guy had a giant amp uh, with the front of the amp resting on his handlebars and the bottom of the amp uh, nestled into the seat area. The guy actually was transporting an amplifier on his motorcycle. I hope he made it safely to wherever he was going. Oh, God. I've never seen a load that big on a motorcycle. Hmm. Crazy. I have a tip for you about that stretch of Marshall uh, yeah. running down the hill and over the Lake Street Bridge. Yep. Uh, keep her about so one mile per back. hour under the speed limit. That one is patrolled heavily by an unmarked St. Paul guy. Yeah, I've seen it guys. often there. I've seen it yeah. often there. And we want to turn from a busy street, not cross one. When you're on your little scooter, checkerboard your way through town. You want to yeah. always turn. No, you always want to cross a busy street. That's it. You do not want to turn from one. Turning from one leaves you stationary and vulnerable. Cross 
major streets on your scooter. Do not turn from it. And there. what I have learned from you is that if you tailgate, they u- that you're using that car as a shield. Well, you don't tailgate uh, to use it as a shield. You do that only when leaving a red light. Oh, okay. Get behind, get behind the flank of it, and then and then you don't want to draft, right? And then once you're safely, here. once you're safely through the intersection, of course, you back off to the uh, correct distance. But the, you, yeah, use the car in front of you to get through an intersection. It, right, so. It'd be okay. a lot of fun if we put a GoPro on the front of Such's scooter and then mic that to a mic in his helmet, so he could tell us exactly how to ride. Right. No, here, be, no, here's I'd be glad do. to do that. Here's what you do. It's like food. Here's what you do. Here's what you're doing wrong. Now, do your knees, here's what I'm doing wrong. Do your <laughs> knees touch? We should have a knee cam to see if your no. knees are properly <laughs> yeah. nestled together yeah. and cozy. No, 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 is no. that skirt flying up in your yeah. face? Yeah. Or, can you uh, see? Is it pinned down? It's a, it's a, wearing a kilt. Yamaha S-Max. You can get those at uh, EcoFun. Tim will find you one if you want one. I, I highly recommend scootering for urban transportation. Yes. Word. Yes. Word. All right, thank you, G. I highly recommend that Reavers tell us about South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Rook, is the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Chris, Chris, I saw on the back of a semi the other day, Sorry, Minnesota, this is just business. Yeah. It was an ad on the back of a semi for Sodak. <laughs> right, right. It was fantastic. All right, we're we, got the, the, we got the hand clap from Royce. We Roycey. got the wrap-up sign for Royce. Let's hey, go What's here. coming up on the ride? <laughs> uh, I went to podmn.com on my laptop, my Mac laptop right now, and there really are a lot of options for you to get Minnesota podcasts. You can also just go to podmn on your smartphone, but if you need to go old school, podmn.com on your computer to open a a wealth of information and wonderful podcasts that will you will enjoy listening all right uh, also frad loney's ace hardware and garden stores for all of your mums it's fall season you want to get those mums on the front stoop and uh say hello to mike if you see him in the stores garagelogic.com get your state fair limited edition t-shirt damn bruh you're right on top of it garage logic podcast version don't forget Monday Night Sports Talk will be released today as well. 